Hello, I'm Ronnie Lutz. This is The Liner Project. Welcome to Episode 8 of Season 1 of The Liner Project. Today we are going to discuss the song, I Don't Like Mondays, by the Boomtown Rats. The Boomtown Rats are an Irish band that formed in Dublin in 1975. Just two years after I was born, good old 1973. They mix punk with new wave. More, more, and more genres. Always with the genres. They had a series of hits in the UK, but only the song we are talking about today had success in the US. Their lead singer Bob Geldof, however, became very famous globally for his humanitarian work. He led the charitable supergroup Band-Aid. I don't know how they didn't get in trouble for that. Maybe they did, because they changed to Live Aid later. I didn't really look into it. Band-Aid is best known for the song, Do They Know It's Christmas? Christmas Which Geldof wrote in 1984. Ethiopia was going through a huge famine at the time, so he wrote this song to raise money for Ethiopia. The song has a lot of controversy surrounding it, and I'm not a fan personally of the song. But we'll go through the controversies. The first one is that in the song, Bono yells, Bono didn't write the line, but in theory it's supposed to be sarcastic, remarking on the haves versus the have-nots. Bono sang the line on the 20th and 30th anniversary versions, but later versions have changed it to, well, tonight we're reaching out and touching you, due to the perceived insensitivity of the line. I understand what the original line was saying, but I also could see the side that would believe it was insensitive, especially when you take the other part of the song into account. The other controversy about the song is the Western-centric, patronizing viewpoint of the song in regards to the title and the whole point of the song. You can certainly tell that the writer, Geldof of the Boomtown Rats, and the singers don't really understand Ethiopia, or most of Sub-Saharan Africa for that matter. Ethiopia today is about 63% Christian, and I would imagine, although I didn't find a number, that the percentage was even higher in 1984. Sub-Saharan Africa is also about 63%. So Sub-Saharan Africa has a total of 822 million people, and 517 million of those people are Christian. That's a huge number. 517 million is more than the population of the entire United States. United States has about 320 to 350 million people. And it's not even like Ethiopia has a colonial version of Christianity. Ethiopia has a very long history of Christianity. The Ethiopian Orthodox Tawahedu Church is a pre-European colonial Christian church. In fact, the first baptism of an Ethiopian is written about in the New Testament. It's in Acts 8, verses 26 and 27. This verse refers to Hendeke, Queen of Ethiopia. She was queen from around 42 to 52 CE, or AD, however you would like to say that. Christianity became the established church of the Ethiopian kingdom, known as the Aksumite kingdom, by the 4th century CE, or AD. So as you can see, a song asking whether or not Ethiopians and other sub-Saharan Africans know it's Christmas really misses the mark by a long shot. Now ultimately, everyone in Band-Aid had good intentions, and in the end, Do They Know It's Christmas did help, 
by raising more than 24 million U.S. dollars. Band Aid and Live Aid, which Geldof organized in 1985, collectively raised about 150 million U.S. dollars for the famine relief in Ethiopia. So I can fully dislike the song and the lyrics, but also fully like the results. If you were around in the 80s, then you certainly remember the commercials about the famine in Ethiopia. They were horrible to watch, but showed exactly what was happening at the time. They asked you to sponsor a child in Africa to help them out with food and clean water. The famine lasted from 1983 to 1985, and an estimated 1.2 million people died. Another 400,000 refugees left the country, and 2.5 million people were displaced in internally. This caused almost 200,000 children to be orphaned. I'll link to some videos in the notes about the famine if you're interested in learning more. And as you know, when I start learning about these songs, I always learn about other stuff, and that's where Band-Aid, Do They Know It's Christmas, came from. But that's not the song we're talking about today. Not even really the band, even though Bob Geldof was in the Boomtown Rats. Today I actually wanted to talk about I Don't Like Mondays. I Don't Like Mondays was released in 1979 and was a song about one of the earlier school shootings in America. And we have had a ton since. It seems like, well, we haven't had any recently, I guess, since the schools aren't in session. But pre-COVID, there seemed to be one at least once a week. This was a weird one, though. In addition to it being early, in 1979, it was also one of the few to have been perpetrated by a female. Her name was Brenda Ann Spencer. And I don't know, I didn't really look into it, but I can't imagine even since then many of them have been female. Brenda Spencer was born on April 3, 1962. In 1979, she was 16 and she lived in San Diego, California, just across the street from Grover Cleveland Elementary School. Brenda and her father, Wallace Spencer, lived in poverty. They slept together on a full-size mattress that was on the living room floor. Now, poverty in San Diego is different than poverty in other places, but I don't know how San Diego was in 1979. Now, you could probably make $100,000 a year and still be in poverty in San Diego. But they were in poverty. That's all they had was just a mattress. And the house had empty whiskey bottles and beer cans thrown throughout. Brenda had stated that her father was physically and sexually abusive to her and that drug use and alcohol use were rampant in her house. Her father denied the sexual abuse allegations. People later stated that Spencer expressed negative attitudes toward police and talked about shooting one. Teachers said she was introverted, and during some tests while she was in custody, she was found to have an injury to her temporal lobe. She did excel in photography, however, and even won a prize from the Humane Society competition. I wonder if they took the prize away from her. Probably not. In 1978, Spencer had a truancy problem at school and had been referred to a facility for problem pupils. The staff of that facility told her parents that she was suicidal. In the summer, she was arrested for shooting out windows at Grover Cleveland Elementary School with a BB gun, and she was also arrested for burglary. In December of that year, a psychiatric evaluation was done on Spencer, and her probation officer recommended that she be admitted to a mental hospital due to her depressed state. Her father refused to give permission, so she was never sent. For Christmas of that same year, amazingly enough, her father gave her a Ruger semi-automatic 22 rifle that had a telescopic sight 
and he also gave her 500 rounds of ammunition. Spencer later said, I asked for a radio, and he bought me a gun. She also said, I felt like he wanted me to kill myself. And so this history of Brenda Spencer and her father leads us to the day the actual shooting occurred, and it leads to the Boomtown Rats. And they sang... Silicon chip inside her head gets switched to overload. And nobody's gonna go to school today. She's gonna make them stay at home. Daddy doesn't understand it. He always said she was good as gold. And he can see no reasons, cause there are no reasons. What reason do you need to be shown? On Monday, January 29th, 1979, the children of Grover Cleveland Elementary School were waiting outside for their principal, Burton Rag, W-R-A-G-G, which is a name I'd never heard before. But, unlike the last episode, I didn't choose to go down the rabbit hole of finding out where the name came from. Although I should have, but I didn't. The children were waiting for the principal to open the gates. Spencer who was armed with her rifle that her father gave her for Christmas, started shooting at the waiting children. She fired 36 rounds in total and hit 11 people, 8 children and 3 adults. Rag, along with the custodian, Michael Sukar, were killed. All others survived their wounds. Spencer fired at the school for about 20 minutes, and then a 6-hour-plus standoff ensued with SWAT. During the standoff, A reporter from the San Diego Union Tribune contacted her by phone and interviewed her. He asked her why she shot at the school, and she famously said, I don't like Mondays. This livens up the day. That leads us to the chorus of, I don't like Mondays. Tell me why I don't like Mondays. Tell me why I don't like Mondays. Tell me why I don't like Mondays. I want to shoot. In the chorus, Geldof wrote what a version of the conversation with the reporter saying, tell me why you did it, and Spencer saying, I don't like Mondays, and I want to shoot the whole day down. Spencer later said that she didn't recall saying that, but also that she was on drugs and alcohol, and could have said it. Interestingly enough, at the time she was arrested, no drugs or alcohol were found in her blood test. She stated that those tests must have been falsified, because... She had an independent group look at the blood tests and said that they had alcohol in them. Negotiators talked to her for hours and were finally able to convince her to surrender in exchange for a meal from Burger King. I'm going to say kids in the 70s were much easier to impress with food than kids today. BK is not bringing anyone out of the house today. No one. I'm not sure. I mean, I guess... Maybe she had never been to Burger King. I don't know. I can't imagine it. I read through a lot of stuff, and everyone said the same thing. It just seems weird to me that, Hey, Brenda, I'll take you to Burger King. I'll get you a Whopper if you want to come out. Okay, I'll come out. Whatever. However that happened, she got some Burger King. She pled guilty to two counts of murder and assault with a deadly weapon. On April 4th, 1980, she was sentenced to 25 years to life in prison. She first became eligible for parole in 1993. She also did an interview that year 
in which she said that she had been hallucinating due to a week of drinking whiskey and using PSP. Interestingly enough, she was denied parole. In 1998, she withdrew her second parole just minutes before the hearing was scheduled. She was eligible again in 2001, and this is when she claimed that her father had sexually abused her since the age of nine. He denied it. She was denied parole again in 2005 and 2009. She was banned for requesting parole for 10 years and won't be eligible for a parole hearing until 2021. Brenda Ann Spencer is now 58 years old and incarcerated at the California Institute for Women. Geldof has stated that Spencer wrote him a letter saying that she was glad she'd done what she did because he had made her famous. He stated, that's not a good thing to have to live with. I'm going to post a video of that in the show notes so you can watch Bob Geldof talk about that in his own words. So I guess that's enough about Brenda Spencer, Bob Geldof, the Boomtown Rats, and Ethiopian Christianity for today. The clues for the next episode are, this singer is known as the Man in Black. I'm making this too easy, but he does have a million songs, so maybe the song might be a little more complicated. The song is about a Native American who fought in a Pacific theater of World War II. This, in quotations, Pima Indian is famous for holding a flag. And that'll do it. Thanks for listening and have a great couple of weeks and we'll talk to you in the next episode.